And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. Most of the times. Not all the time. Sometimes we are truly the best club there is to be found. I am your host, Brian and KC, uh, subtle and... Uh, uh, meek as ever. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show. That is at H-E-Pod. Uh, hey, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, is, can, can be found on the Instagram handle. Kind of butchering that right there that our buddy Matt in New York always handles. You can always reach the podcast hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com, facebook.com slash H-E-Pod. Where all the latest news and information covering the Eintracht in the English language can be found in one location. Yes, we are going to be having a www.hefpod.com website up and running with all the latest Eintracht content. So stay with us. We'll have uh, all sorts of fun uh, giveaways and such as we're kind of bringing that website into the home of everything that you can ever ask for to be found about Eintracht Frankfurt, all in one convenient location. Why would you go anywhere else? Remember to give us a rating and a review on your podcast podcast platform of choice. And without further ado, here to talk about Eintracht and Bochum at the weekend is Matt in New York. Hey, bud. Brian, isn't it beautiful? We're back to winning ways. It, it just doesn't get better than this. We're in a three-game winning streak, and I just couldn't be more happier. Um, I think it's pretty, I mean, we're, we're, we've pulled off three in a row and we're in a good spot, but I don't want to get complacent. I want to go for the jugular. I want to keep going because, uh, we got an international break coming on. We have, uh, before the international break, we have our Europa League second leg against Betis. We have a, uh, Bundesliga match against Leipzig before, uh, some of our major players do uh, jet off to their respective national teams. And, yeah, uh, the Frauen are out doing well. As well. <laughs> On top of that, it was an all-around great weekend for the Eagles. Hell, yeah. great day. It's a great day to be an Eagle. Exactly. Let's get right to it, shall we? Eintracht taking on Bochum after defeating Betis in uh, the Wednesday tussle in the Europe League. Uh, sorry, folks, that I was uh, unavailable for that one. But uh, Chris and Matt, you guys did a very good job of kind of just throwing out why it was such a wonderful day. And now <laughs> the Eintracht, two Bundesliga wins in a row. Been a second since we've had that, but that's for sure. Um, for me, I think the most important thing was, as an iTrack fan, watching this match. Now, of course, uh, no cliche, per usual, sad. But for me, yeah, the whole being that. able to get, really just being able to come from behind and just coming out of the gate in the second half to uh, put two goals behind Bochum, especially as Jürgen Gabrowski was being honored uh, before the match began, this was, a, this was a sign for the Eintracht that I hadn't seen for a minute, and I was loving every second of it. Yeah, I mean, 
The first half was honestly somewhat of a crapshoot. I mean, there were definitely times when we looked super, super dangerous, but I just, it just, I don't know, it kind of seemed like we were going our own ways. I feel like maybe we we're playing with mm-hmm. our emotions a little too much, especially because, you know, the passing of Jurgen and whatnot and the celebrations um, that were happening before the kickoff. So I can definitely see that being like somewhat of an emotional thing. I'm glad we were able to bounce back like we did in the second half, but like, boy, we were two different teams um, <laughs> in each half. Like, it was unbelievable. I mean, it seemed like we were a little out of control in the midfield. You know, Jubil still was kind of fouling recklessly. Jakic was losing his head. But I don't know that's kind of usual, but not this early in the game. He usually uses his head towards, like, the 60th minute and up. Um, but, it, it, I mean, the goal that they scored against us, I mean – Hinty, I don't know what the hell you're doing there, man. You gotta cover, <laughs> you gotta cover that man so much better. I mean, he is a he's the target man for Bochum. He and you just you were just on the wrong side of him. He had the back on the ball and he was just staring his man down rather than jumping up and at least trying to get ahead on it. So that kind of sucked. Kevin Trapp had no. Couldn't do anything about it. But, I mean, I blame myself for that goal, honestly, um, Brian, and also to our fans because <laughs> I jinxed us. And I, I don't know why I keep thinking we may get a clean sheet. I was going to be surprised by our clean sheet. I just hope – I just figured it'd be against this Bochum team. But, you know, it is what it is. But, boy, that second half was definitely something else. Yeah, I was about to say, if you want to if you want to save a clean sheet for an upcoming match – Save it for a Greuther Firth because you'll sound way more of a genius by uh, pick, predicting nope, that easy. one. That's too easy. <laughs> That's not going to happen, Brian, because you think we would. But, you know, we could probably win that game 5-3 in all honesty. But um, I think con- <laughs> uh, considering what happened to Greuther Firth at the weekend, I think we could score more than just five. Just saying. Just saying. But, yeah, um, for me, probably one of the uh, – Real exciting things was Knauf on the right, how strong he was looking. Uh, now, he kind of faded away at the end of the match. I would have I would have wanted to uh, have him be have been subbed off uh, earlier, perhaps put in on Hauga out on the right. But perhaps this is kind of highlighting that, um, you know, the the that we're kind of trying to get that, you know, that first 11 even more finely tuned, that perhaps Knauf is the uh, is the solution that we've been looking for out on the right, kind of to counter Kostic out on the left. Um, it did, I mean, Knauf really did have quite a few opportunities. I thought he worked well. Yeah, did you see uh, the, the graphic and stuff like that? Because, that was you know, shocking. It was showing, it was, sho- it was crazy that we we're using the right side more than the left side in the first half. And I was kind of, I honestly loved it because it's like, okay, obviously all the teams are putting a lot more focus on our left side because of Kostic's dangerous, beautiful left foot. But we're using the right side a lot more, and we were dangerous on the right side. I mean, I agree with you. Ironskay Knauf was absolutely a baller that uh, um, on Sunday, and you know him and him and uh, Lindstrom were working out really, really well. I mean, the, it seemed like that goal that Knauf had gave him such a boost of confidence, and especially with a great performance against uh, Real Betis, you know, it just kind of carried over today. And you know, we all kind of assumed that you know. Glasner would kind of, you know, step the foot off the gas pedal a little bit um, against Bochum and kind of rest everybody for um, Betis coming up on Thursday. But no, I think this is great. I think this is a more genius idea. Keep the momentum going. You know, that second half that we came out was 
absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, Ansgar Knauf kind of let the uh, fire uh, fire up her ass in the second half a little bit, help um, almost, um, well, getting the assist for Jesper Lindstrom on that uh, own goal, which, uh, you know, that's in the pass and assist to an assist. There's your hockey reference, Brian. Um <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Knauf was absolutely unbelievable. And dude, I think Tuta is is on fire. He he just <laughs> hasn't stopped. He just has been unstoppable. Like he's hard to beat. He's stepping up on the ball. He's actually carrying the ball a lot more up in the final in the final third. And um it's just confidence is growing within this team and it's just working really, really well right now. Hundred percent. Um for me, I want I really was thinking that by the end of the match that we we're gonna that Bore was gonna get himself one. I kept on thinking, I'm like, there's only it's only a matter of time. He's gonna get one. He's gonna get one. It didn't end up coming off for him, but uh, he's still that engine that just kind of fights and allows for the the midfielders behind him to just be able to kind of uh, move around with space. Kamada looked pretty decent. If even if taken away his goal, come on, this was the Kamada that we haven't seen in the Bundesliga. The Kamada that we usually see in the Europa this League. This is Mr. So. Europa Kamada. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lindstrom, I think he's back to uh, back to like what we saw in the the tail end of the fall when we started uh, rattling off some victories uh, one after the other. Um, so. Let me go back to the midfield because uh, you mentioned Yakik. And so at this point, if you are Rhoda soon to be coming back into the uh, uh, to being a- available for uh, for selection, if you're Glasner, are you looking at So and Yakik and just saying to yourself, nope, these are the guys. That's it. Dep- depends on the game. I mean, I think against Real Betis, definitely Jakic would be better than Roda because Jakic will be able to keep up with Real Betis. But let's say, you know, we were playing this Bochum team, we wanted to, you know, rest Jakic or even so, I think Roda would have been a, a better option just because, you know, A, we could rest one of our midfielders and B, you know, more calm um, on the ball and just more of that veteran presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, 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 it's hard. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think it really depends, especially with Jakic Roda, um, who is, you know, whoever's hottest, whoever's in form, whoever's in shape, um, would be able to play with so because, you know, Jakic has had a lot of great moments and a lot of bad moments. Roda has had a lot of great moments, but his problem is, is not only his age, but he's also being very, he's getting a lot of injuries right now. So, but again, he's also that veteran presence. And then Jakic is someone younger. So it really depends on the day. It really depends on when the sun, how the sun rises up and how the moon sets the night before. <laughs> you know, it's, I, 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 I wish I was more serious. I could, I wish I could be joking about this, but I, I couldn't be more serious. It's just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I would personally play Jakic a lot more just so we can get him more, you know, experience and more comfortability in the ball. And like, hopefully we can get him to calm down the field sometimes because. God, he's a hothead. But that's a- <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want, though. That's what we kind of want. Exactly. Um, to me, to me, when we uh, were kind of making some of our substitutions there, like when we had uh, Jakic go and Husik kind of go uh, in exchange for each other, I was actually hoping that we would have seen uh, Makoto Asebe perhaps be the kind of wise head to you know calm everything down, make sure that it's like, hey guys. 
I'm seeing I'm the guy who's seen the rest of this match out. I would have only wanted to put on uh, Hrustik for uh, Jibril So in this sort of situation, or for Daichi Kamada in this sort of situation. Myself, yeah, but I. Th- but I think this was – I think, you know, I was saying this before. Gloucester kind of wanted to keep the momentum going with this team, you know, kind of bring that over into Betis and then into Leipzig before the, uh, you know, before the international break. So, I mean, I, you know, we're going to see this lineup again on – obviously on Thursday. We're going to see this lineup again on, on Sunday. So, um, I think the mentality behind Gloucester t- on this past Sunday against Bochum was just keep the momentum going. Like, I think it would have been a different story if, you know, we had two goals in the first half and, like, we put one more away early. You know, obviously, it would have been a completely different story. would have definitely subbed pretty much all key players out, you know, meaning Bore, Kostic, Kamada, So, and then take your pick between Ndika and Tuta. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. no you're right you're right i would have uh in that sort of a situation i then would have been like all right kill sanker go into the defensive midfield you make sure that everything's cleaned up and behind you switch out hasebe for one of our uh defensive three because we got to keep those guys kind of as healthy as possible uh halga take your pick at who you want to put him in for i would have wanted to have Hrustik go in for So. If you would have had Hrustik and So switch out Walls, Ilsenk and Yakik switch out uh, Lintz uh, doing his thing. Uh, I actually thought that his uh, cameo, that what I saw from him, I'm like, damn it, you're, you're a reason why, like, if Kostic went down, I'd still have some, I'd still have confidence in this team because uh, Lintz is, He's actually quite the offensive kind of minded guy that at times I sometimes got to remind myself that I'm like, this is a defender. This is a full back who's coming out on the wing. You almost scored. That would have been so lovely. Oh. He almost scored. I mean, he. I mean, when he subbed in, he was honestly like an immediate threat. It almost didn't seem like Bochum expected him to push up that far. You know, it was uh, it was quite incredible because I honestly assumed we were going to go in the back four or, or even in the back five when we uh, subbed out Yakik. Oh no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, we subbed out Yakik for Hustich. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I assumed you went to a back four with you know the Lentz and Kostic sub, but. Didn't seem like it at all. Did not seem like it at all. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Hustic. I wish he just kept playing more and more. But I mean, it is what it is. We find a momentum with the starting lineup. But I mean, he would be, he would be a great sub. I mean, JPH looks hungry. I think he may. I think if he gets subbed on again on Thursday, I think he may score one for us for like a little sneaky one. Go for um, my Scandinavian j- friend. That's what exactly, I would say. Exactly. So, who's your man of the match? <sighs> Um, to be honest, it's Lindstrom. Um, had a lot of absolutely killer balls, a lot, uh, a lot of creativity seen from him. Uh, for me, just hands down, like this is this is what we were promised when we signed him from Brombo and uh, Denmark is a really great attacking player that's just going to be inconsistent right now because he's just young. Though, I will say, when he got beasted off the ball, now he won that free kick. When he got pushed off the ball, was it just me, or did he suddenly look like a little boy playing with men? 
I mean, he always does when he gets pushed <laughs> off the ball because look at him. He's he's kind of skinny and scrawny. And, I mean, it's him and Gasinovich. Him league. and the old Eintracht player Gasinovich, both scrawny as shit. Yeah. yeah, but like, look how long it took Gasinovich to, you know, really kind of understand and like take the blows for when, you know, someone comes in shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. I mean, this is this is just a learning curve for Jesper, you know? I mean, he's 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 definitely going to get there. I mean, he, he's 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 already ballsy enough to go toe-to-toe uh, with the shoulder on like, you know, Bela Kotchap and freaking Masovic, uh, you know? So, and those are some big dudes on Bochum's back line. So, I mean... He's he'll be fine. I mean, next next year you'll you'll start seeing like Mats Hummels and Söder and you know all these other big defenders falling off of him because he knows <laughs> what it's gonna take and you know he's gonna bulk up in the summer. Kind of not maybe not like Goretzka style, but close. Shit, if he started looking like Goretzka, watch out. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But I think I think my my man of the match was honestly Tuta. I think he just shut down the whole left uh the left side of Bochum's like offense. He just he just he just seemed so comfortable on the ball. He seemed commanding. He I mean he was even like directing the midfield a little bit, which I haven't seen him do, you know, most of the season. Um I, I he was my man of the match. He was super impressive today um on Sunday. Well that being all said um, shall we shall we move on with some of the kind of interesting uh, notes around the match? So Jurgen Gabrowski uh, was the uh, Eintracht legend being honored at the start of the match. Just kind of wanted to go over some like uh, who he was. Now I can openly say that I never uh, saw him as a at playing for the Eintracht as his playing days with Eintracht ended in 1980. Long, quite a few years before I had been uh, born, but 44 uh, appearances for the German national team uh, with five goals. Uh, He also, uh, I mean, during his time with the Eintracht, over 100 goals scored, over 400 matches played, was on the 66 squad that was runners, uh, Germany squad that was runners up in uh, England. Uh, was on the 70 squad and the 74 squad that ended up winning the World Cup. Also, yeah, tossing that uh, 1972 uh, European winning squad. Uh, in his final season with the Eintracht, uh, he was a part of the team that lifted the UEFA Cup, uh, our lone uh, European title. Won two uh, Pokals in 74 and 75. Honestly, there are very few players in... Uh, in their Eintracht career, who have played as many matches as he did. Uh, I mean, he was, I think, with, if you factor in Cup and European matches, he was well above 500, uh, well above 500 matches uh, played. In terms of goal scoring, like, he's in, I think he's uh, in the, I think he's fourth on the all-time goal scoring charts, averaging one per every four matches. Uh, For kind of more modern day takes uh alexander maya the foosball god had three goals fewer than uh gabrowski and uh yeah uh they're, they're one of the real pillars in eintracht uh player history that has now sadly left us and uh yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a legend, you know. He's clearly a legend for the club. He's also a legend for Germany. I mean, I mean, I remember watching him play when he was 16 years old. So, I I 
you know, I was there throughout all those times. Um, clearly, <laughs> um, no, I have. I, I mean, I've definitely heard of him. Obviously, you know, I've definitely done my research once I heard about him. And then obviously when we had, you know, our Schwarzweiss wie Schnee song uh, before, you know, the team comes out, I always have wondered who the hell Jürgen was. So then I obviously got more insight from that and then, you know, got more insight from my father and everything like that. But I mean, um, yeah, no, it's definitely a sad, sad, sad day you know it definitely helped probably helped us a little bit more on the emotional side of things to play for him but i mean um yeah i mean he's a forever a frankfurt legend and um he'll definitely be greatly missed not only in frankfurt but in all of hessen yeah uh, i think that was his daughter you had peter fisher there on the sidelines you had charlie kubu one of uh his long long time teammate also down there uh it was it was really great to see uh the kind of fond memories and the loud uh, uh, chance for Jürgen Gabrowski. You know, it's just a shame that uh, we're kind of bringing up uh, one of the real great all-time Eintracht players in a past tense since he has now sadly left us. But uh, his spirit lives on with this current side. And let's speaking of our uh, LCS club president, Peter Fisher, celebrating birthday. And, uh, yeah, uh, Matt. I mean, is there any I more guy who loves Eintracht more? Is there a man who loves no. Eintracht more than uh, uh, no. Peter Fischer? No one. He's he he lives, breathes, and dies freaking Adler blood. He is he is everything about this. What this club stands for. His motivation is what motivates not only us as fans but the players as well. I mean. Happy birthday, Peter Fisher. You are by far the best president of any sporting organization that, you know, I know of. And, um, you know, you just continue to, you know, spread the word and, you know, keep it, you keep inspiring us to, you know, root for the, the players, you know, root for the shirt, root for the crest. So, I mean, it couldn't, couldn't even be a better day for you, man. Happy, happy birthday. 100% agree with that. Um, he has been president for quite some time with the Eintracht. So here's hoping that uh, the spirit that he embodies as an Eintracht fan uh, will be seen for years Prost. and years to come. Prost to that. And if anyone has not seen uh, some a good example of how much this guy cares, watch uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon Streaming's uh, This Is Football series, and it has him explaining... How much winning a cup is even better than is better than sex? right there. He was not wrong. <laughs> I had both that day, and I can tell you that was better. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that being said, it's time for hashtag. What are we drinking, Matt? What have you brought for us today? Keeping it super light because, you know, it's, we had Europa League time, you know, time to get serious. So, you know, I had to focus a little bit extra. So I just drinking some Michelob Ultra, keeping it simple. Nothing better than a good old Monday night beer. Exactly. I have the Vinterbach from KC Beer Company. It's the last. It is, I can't find any more of it in my liquor stores. So savoring this one to savor a wonderful victory at the weekend. Prost. Prost. All right, and that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Stay with us, and we'll be back for segment two, talk about the Frauen, talking about the Bundesliga, talking about Europa Pokal. So stay with.
And we're back. Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Matt, we said that there were multiple victories at the weekend. Let's get stuck in to Lower Fry Gang's 1 0 win for the Eintracht over Essen. Uh, to be fair, when we had kind of mentioned that they were, uh, the last time I was talking with you, Matt, when we mentioned that they were coming, we were all like, yeah, but we need to we need to take care of Hoffenheim. It's going to be so hard. Essen will be a lot easier. Well, uh, 1-0. And uh, not exactly the easiest one at that. So, one of the things that I would like to highlight is, uh, well, yeah, the goal scorer herself, uh, Laura Frygang, uh, her match winner for, it had been quite a long time since we had seen uh, her kind of be that, like, lone strike that is able to get the match winner. We seem to have seen it a lot during the 2020-2021 uh, season. Uh, she had the chance to... Uh, get uh, put in a PK. Uh, that ended up not working out for the Eintracht at the end. But hey, the second, the early second half goal for the Eintracht is something that we desperately, desperately needed. And we can definitely look at ourselves in uh, greater light now because with Hoffenheim's loss to Bayern, uh, we're now, Matt, looking at a real opportunity where uh, the Eintracht really can kind of move up the, the Frauenbundesliga table, and hopefully we can uh, take this momentum and take it to Bayern on Friday because Eintracht Frauen take on Bayern München, uh, the current team in uh, second, uh, the, the, the reigning uh, Frauen Bundesliga uh, champions Eintracht is going to be taking them on on Friday and it's a scary one at that because they currently lead the league right now by two points uh, Wolfsburg has played one match less than Bayern but Eintracht and Bayern will actually be playing this Friday on NBCSports.com with the NBC Sports app so our American followers will be able to watch the Frauen live really excited for this one yeah, I mean, it's great that we're able to watch the thing on TV. You know, we wouldn't have to go through some bootleg streaming website or anything to watch them. But, no, I mean, this one was definitely huge for us. Definitely a step closer to not not only soliciting a top three spot, but hopefully possibly getting closer to, you know, second place and whatnot. I mean, Wolfsburg does have that game in hand, so we are somewhat technically six points behind Bayern. But, you know, it doesn't help being three points behind them. Then hopefully, you know, I'm not too sure. Have Wolfsburg and Bayern played each other already a second time this season? Um, not a second time, no. But Wolfsburg actually plays their match in hand on Wednesday. So, uh, oh, I, and it's go. it's a it's against uh, SC Sand, the club currently in 11th place. Um, I'm already chalking that at three points for Wolfsburg. So, um, Bayern for will sure. Have- but I'm but yeah, at least at least we'll you know hopefully. If Bayern ends up losing to Wolfsburg, or, you know, if we end up beating Bayern and then, you know, Bayern le- le- uh, loses to Wolfsburg, you know, we have a shot at second place here. Oh, yeah. That would be, that'd be absolutely killer because looking at it for right now, uh, the way that qualification went, so Hoffenheim was ill to qualify for uh, the Women's Champions League as, uh, you know, finishing in third was now uh, has a d- different character as they expanded the Frauen Champions League. 
they were in the uh, God, I forget. They were in the league competition round. So there's um, not really any teams that I think. Any, I mean, uh, there's teams from like Bordeaux and Eindhoven, Brombu, Glasgow Celtic. Uh, AC Milan, basically teams that we know of their men's side happen to have a women's side, and uh, they finished uh, in high enough places in second and third in their respective leagues, and then uh, they had to go through this kind of uh, like a multi-match playoff system just to be able to get into the group stage, which was a kind of like, what was it, Uh, like four group, uh, four groups of four, so I mean even then, like Hoffenheim really had to battle just to qualify for the uh, for the group stage, where they barely missed out on getting into the uh, knockout phase, just missing out on goal difference uh, to uh, Arsenal London's uh, ladies team. But Hoffenheim, they got they got through. Uh, they they got through barely, and yet, hey, you know what? They played a grand total of four qualifying matches uh, before they could finally get into the group phase. So I'd really, 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 really like it if the Eintracht could finish in second because at least then you can get into that uh, the league path and then you only have to play uh, two matches to guarantee yourself into the group phase. And I'm pretty sure when it comes down to it that the Eintracht round will not let us down. Let's go, ladies. And we believe in indeed, you. We all believe in you. Uh, let's talk about someone who has no belief in themselves. Uh, we're talking about the Bundesliga right now. Uh, just to kind of throw out there where the league is at, uh, we had a coaching change at the weekend. <laughs> um, Gladbach was facing off against Hertha Berlin. You know, one team on 27 points, the other on 23 points. So definitely a relegation six-pointer. And well, look, we already benefited by kicking by beating Berlin, so we we can really talk about how that can re- they are that you know that fix all elixir. <laughs> I mean, that's well, that's horrible to kind of think about it. But the two no loss for Hertha that meant that they were going to fire Typhoon Korkut uh, as they did. The hired former Eintracht coach who hasn't been coaching in Germany and uh, let's see, uh, since 2012, so a full decade since he last coached in Germany. He coached in the Premier League in 2014. It was in China from 16 to 17 and has since been sporting director at uh, Würzburg Kickers. And yeah, um, hmm. Uh, <laughs> welcome mean, back to the Bundesliga, hey. Felix Magath. Yeah, seriously, he's gonna come out of freaking Bundesliga retirement and just start coughing up dust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it sucks. I mean, if it's if anything, this is karma on Bobich for leaving such a great organization like us. Um, I mean, you know, they're at a relegation battle right now. So it's, you know, it's every, everything, all hands on deck here. You know, they have a Lamstufelot right now. They are, I mean, <laughs> sucks, Bobich. <laughs> Joke's on you, man. <laughs> Joke's on you. Uh, yes, he joined, he, uh, he was able, 
he had developed a reputation in the 90s as this, quote, firefighter coach uh, to kind of give people an idea in case they're like, who the hell is this guy? Because uh, if I had, I mean, if I didn't start following the Bundesliga when I did, I'd also be in that same boat. He was able to get, um, able to help Nuremberg uh, stay up, kind of like on the last uh, last moment. And, I mean... Like, he was at Werder Bremen and got them out of a relegation dogfight. Then, uh, <laughs> he was then replaced by Thomas Schaft, who ended up uh, making Bremen go on to bigger and greater things in that immediacy. He took over for Eintracht in the 99-2000 season uh, that uh, saw us just, you know, just finish four points off of relegation. Uh, he didn't exactly help us out all too much as we were then basically back down in the relegation zone at the time that we fired him. Uh, I chose to block that out of my mind, so um, I don't know what you're talking about. That that one was uh, erased erased in my memory. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, yeah, in case anyone had any idea, uh, down we went that season. Back in the days that we basically were the most dramatic club there was in Germany to watch for sure. The guy just would help clubs survive the relegation, uh, survive, you know, the relegation fight. And yet eventually he was given the, uh, the top mental. He eventually was given the job of Bayern Munich and ended up being able to do the double with them. What? A couple of times, but I mean, it, yeah. he's known for basically just, his hard training methods, fitness and conditioning. I mean, some players gave him, uh, uh, called him the last dictator in Europe. I wonder what Eintracht oh. player called him that. <laughs> the Yikes. guy. Yeah. Um, there was a funny one uh, when he was uh, at Fulham in England, uh, a club that was in at the time. Uh, uh, the, the Premier League, he suggested that a uh, injured uh, defender should rub cheese on his thigh injury uh, to uh, relieve the inflammation. The guy is an absolute nut job. I don't know why That's they have hired him. My, my jaw's dropping. I wish we had video on. My jaw's dropping. <laughs> this, guy is, this guy is an absolute nut job. I mean, as a player... Got a quite a long history of successes. Right. Uh, he was part of the Hamburg side of the late seventies and early eighties that won multiple uh, multiple European titles. Uh, the Cup Winners Cup in seventy seven, the eighty three European Cup, uh, were runners up in the eighty two UEFA Cup, won three Bundesliga titles. I mean, during his time at Bayern, I mentioned that he won the double. He actually did it twice. Uh, oh. The 0405 and 0506 seasons back to back. And he was the man who led the last team not called Borussia Dortmund or Bayern Munich to win the Bundesliga title as he led uh, Wolfsburg to their lone title in the 0809 season. Wow. The guy's got some I, credibility, I but he's that just. Was a, him. Yeah, he's just an absolute nutcase. <laughs> yeah, well. Legends are born different, you know. They are fucking. They are crazy people. 
no matter who you no matter who you think you are who, if you think like you know they're the best people in the world there's always some sort of crazy with these legends and uh that's why they're legends they're built they're wired differently yeah but i'm just saying at 68 um i think the guy oh, might yeah. be a little out of it he was in his 50s when he was last coaching in the Bundesliga at a Bundesliga, Bundesliga club. So after his title win at Wolfsburg, um, he then went on to kind of keep Schalke at a real high-end level, constantly playing in the Champions League. But then they started, like, I think one they were on a run into the Champions I think they made the Champions League, like, semifinals. But in the meantime, he basically saw their league form just go down the absolute toilet. He got fired from there, went back to Wolfsburg. That was a failure. Then went to uh, his lone stint in England at Fulham, as I mentioned, and uh, some trip out to China where he obviously lived off his former glories, got paid, I'm pretty sure, sacks of money. And uh, now, yeah. Hertha, good luck to you, Hertha. Your ship is sinking and sinking fast. I mean, ha, Bobich, that sucks, man. That just sucks. Eat it, Bobich. <laughs> Eat that it. That just sucks. I mean, I'm not going to say we told you so, but we kind of told you so. This is what this is what happens. Like, I mean, when so like in a press conference that in the announcement for Felix Magath being brought in as coach, and a lot of people have always jokingly said, oh, he's always available, kind of like, that's supposed to scare you, but the sure fact was that he hired him, and he had been... <sighs> Imagine if he had, if uh, Bobich had been allowed to, like, if uh, he didn't go through on the Berlin deal, and Adi Hutter still left, and he tried to bring in Magath. That would... That probably would have driven all of us absolutely crazy. That would never happen. That would never happen. I know Axel would never let that happen. Oh, my God. That would be the worst PR uh, issue. That would be the biggest PR issue in the history of the club. I mean, that would be worse than uh, fans getting caught beating the crap out of other fans in a foreign city. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think if anybody we would take as a caretaker, I honestly wouldn't even know. Tedesco, maybe? Or the is that his name? The, yeah, um, the former, that would yeah. have been that would have been an interesting hire. Uh, one of this panel, uh, Nathan in St. Louis, loves himself some Tedesco. But uh, anyways, we've talked enough about Felix Smagoff and uh, what could have been under uh, Freddie Bobich. We are now moved on from the Freddie Bobich era. We are focused on the era uh, Koshe and Glasner as the Eintracht face Real Betis in the second leg of our Europa League uh, round of 16 tie, a 2-1 to victory that we had last time. Um, what has Betis been up to, you might think? Um, so they took on Athletic Club Bilbao and had a 1-0 victory in that. Not exactly the kind of like craziest of matches, per se. I mean... Looking at the kind of team that, uh, remembering the team that they trotted out against Eintracht, this was very much a, hey, we're trying to keep our starting 11 uh, as kind of succinct as possible. Uh, Fakir was in it, Canales, uh, Bartra, Miranda, Wami, Iglesias. I mean, all of these guys who were part of the starting lineup that came out against the Eintracht. 
uh, were on display here, but they were not really uh, the crazier, better side, like uh, Bill Bao. But had one a real nothing is pretty bad. I mean, that's that's a fairly low scoring affair. I mean, True. especially in the La Liga, especially for this kind of quote unquote counter attacking team. True. I it. They started moving some of the guys around in around about the 70th minute. But, uh, like, I mean, you could say that Fakir was pretty much subbed off in the fact that he got a straight red card in the 80th minute. <laughs> oh, wow. I okay, that, that dude was a... Yeah. Um, honestly, during our match with him, I honestly thought at some point, I'm like, Fakir, if he keeps this up, he's going to get a second card. Like, And he's just going to, like, if that happens, oh, God, he would have gone off every single swear word in the book would have been thrown out. Oh, baby, it would have been colorful, I think would be the right word for it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, he's definitely a hothead. You can definitely tell it went back at his, uh, was it Lyon or Marseille before he went to uh, the Lyon, yeah. But Lyon, yeah, but before his Lyon days, I mean, come on. Yeah, he was a hothead. He was a known hothead. He was this great young talent for sure, but he, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a viral video of him. I, maybe I'm mistaking it and I don't want to be what's it called slandering him but <laughs> oh, <he's laughs> I think there was a video of him where he kicked where he kicked like a, a defender like right in the thigh just because he thought he was fouled and he didn't get fouled and he took his frustrations off on the referee on the player but um, again I could be slandering here I could be mixing him up with someone else yeah I think uh, he's he's one who definitely tries to uh, tries to entice others for example, when he scored again in the big Lyon uh, Saint Etienne rivalry, he took off his shirt to kind of taunt the uh, Saint Etienne uh, players, and uh, <laughs> the referee then had to be like, "Hey, guys, GTFO!" Because these these fans are going to come onto the pitch, and they had to empty out the entire stadium before they could uh, put the match back on. It took them forty minutes, and this little this schmuck uh, decided to antagonize those people. The dude's kind of like, I mean, he he's got that genius about him as an attacker, but he's also got this wild side that you're like, you know what? He's an absolute wild card. You like, you love him or you hate him, but you're gonna love him when he's on your side. And yet, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself. Dude, like, all you have to do is just antagonize him, and he's going to lash out, as he did in our match against him. And to me, if I was to have any hard-nosed guy, I want Yakik on him, freaking doing oh, a, yeah. he, he doing a Vinnie Jones uh, little uh, cup check on the guy, just to see if he's ready for <laughs> it, if he's ready for the test. If anyone Seriously. has an idea of which uh, photo I'm talking about, uh, we're... <laughs> Uh, Vinny Jones, former uh, he's yes, yes I know. Uh, Vinny Jones, the actor, same exact guy. <laughs> uh, let's just say the so, someone uh, someone got tested and uh, they failed <laughs> that test. Let's just we'll I mean, leave it at good. that. It's Paul Gascoigne who he goes right after. Uh, there's a picture uh, of the two of them standing right there, and Vinny Jones just—he knows that he's right back there, and with his left hand, just goes, just checking to see that you're there, and 
make sure that the <laughs> crown jewels were in place and it looks and it looks like Gascoigne's screaming to all high heaven and yet yeah nothing was done because Vinnie Jones was a hard man I'd like someone to just maybe not do that but someone to mess with Fakir enough that Fakir just lashes out takes a swing like an angry hockey player and you know then gets an immediate red card and then we're just in cruise control from there that'd be great I think I've never heard anybody describe a picture just like you just did. <laughs> but I mean, thing is, Fakir, this- Fakir would be an idiot to antagonize the ultras. I mean, if he has oh, any like, of idea of who we are or anything like that, he 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 would be an idiot. But I mean, I got some interesting stats for you for this game. If mm, I may throw go them ahead. at you here. So. Frankfurt's 2-1 win in the first leg was the first match between the first, you know, between Real Betis and us. Mm. But now we are this we are unbeaten in our last seven matches against Spanish teams. We have five wins and two draws. Hot. We haven't hosted we haven't hosted a Spanish side since the since 93-94. Um, but we we did beat them one nothing and it was Deportivo de la Coruna. Don't know. Uh, wait, heck, wait, you've never heard of Deportivo La Coruña? Maybe I have. I just have to look at the flag. Um, <laughs> they were actually the once were, uh, well, just a real brief history lesson. Uh, Deportivo La Coruña used to be uh, one of the higher end teams in the Champions League. I think in the like the early 2000s, they actually were one of the finalists or semifinalists. And they actually won one of the... And this is a team who currently has been... Rele- who has recently been relegated to the third division of Spain... That once was champions of Spain less Holy than twenty five years ago. Holy crap! I, I do remember seeing the crest, but they're in the third league. That's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, anyways. happens. Happens. <laughs> AKA, AKA fuck Spanish teams because they don't do well in the Bundesliga. And this comes back to my next stat. And I said this. I think I said this when we drew Real Betis mm. last time. Real Betis was in Germany. They lost four nothing to Leverkusen. So there's that. And then there was another interesting stat here. Um, oh, here it is. Real Betis have progressed on one of the previous five occasions they've lost in the first leg of a tie in the major European competition. They've only beaten a team called Vejli BK in the first round. Sounds like a Danish or Norwegian team or something like that. In the 1998 and 1999, they lost one nothing, and the the whole but they they lost one nothing, but the whole uh, aggregate score was uh. Five nothing. So, the or sorry, five one. So they came back. So, a little bit of our on our side of things that you know they they haven't done, they haven't been successful in the first of five attempts when they were losing in the first leg. But then there's a stat where they thrashed someone. But then again, you know they played against a Danish team, so who knows? They might have played like a second team in the nineties. But just a couple of fun stats to throw around there. Yeah, firstly, uh, I think that is a Danish. Uh, yep. That's right. Blast, Danish. Blast, ah. Jesper. <laughs> uh, my, my interesting, work. interesting. But I, but I do see us coming out with the mm-hmm. same lineup. I mean, I don't see us changing at all. But um, if we're going to throw in predictions in here right now, Brian, I mean, I can. I think we're going to come out of this in a draw. And whether it's a zero-zero draw or like a two-two draw, um, I don't see this. I don't see a winner in either of this game. I think Betis are going to come down our throats a lot, and then you know we're going to be able to, you know, pay, you know, 
pay back the price. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of come back at them with the counterattack and kind of catch them off guard. Um, but then I can also see us getting down fairly early, like two nothing in the first half, and then you know we have to grind our way back into the second half and you know possibly get into uh, overtime. But I see us tying the second leg. In all honesty, two two. Interesting. Interesting. So the last time that we faced off against a team in the Europa League where we won our way leg, you've got to go all the way back to the Shakhtar Donetsk uh, matchup. Ooh. So that was the last okay. time that we came out with uh, getting the win, uh, being away in the first match. Does seem like it's been forever since that was really the case. But if uh, if you look in kind of the knockout phase, uh, we started – we crushed if you remember playing Salzburg we crushed them that's at home uh we went out to uh let's see that was a basil that was a kind of a puke moment but hey you know what it is what it is but yeah um it is what it is Shakhtar Donetsk we went out to those guys and uh we still stand with we still stand with Ukraine uh it needs to be said need to make sure that we got that out there on this podcast and we were able to come out uh, like on the positive side of things, and we just showed those guys up in that one. And when we get the positive results in our away matches, we come through in the clear each and every single time. So here, again, got a positive away uh, result in the away leg. It's time now that we get, uh, get our own. And I actually think that the Eintracht is going to come away with another victory in this at. And it's going to be by the same score margin. I think that the Eintracht is going to score first. Betis is going to be like, shit, 3-1, aggregate, fuck it. They're going to rule it. They're going to just turn up the, the intensity, and we're going to go through uh, a majority of the match just holding on by our pants because Betis, when they are on, they can take they can take anyone out, and uh, honestly, only an early goal. The early goal is gonna do us a world of good because they'll be thinking, "Okay, we just got to not concede at first. Ah, shit, fine. All right, yeah, we're let's go. Concede. Yeah, right. We're not keeping a clean sheet. Get that <laughs> out of our heads right now. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be going so uh, helter skelter for just all out. Guns blazing. You got the final in your hometown. That is such a carrot to dangle in front of those guys. They all know how much it would mean for their fans for them to to make the final. And they're they're not they're gonna leave it all out in the pitch and the Eintracht, you know, we're just gonna take on the fact that we're gonna play the sitting back and be able to counterattack. And I think that we're gonna really just benefit the shit out of it and i think that kamada is going to get one of the goals i know i know right. some people are going to say this is europa this exactly this is europa this is when the guy does good and he's now got four goals to the campaign this year now someone might say oh well so he's already scored his one goal for um for this uh, for this tie no i think he's got another one in him and to be fair the guy if if you Give him uh, a loan opportunity, kind of like where he is—he doesn't have a player on him. He, when he just kind of, you get a ball to him, kind of breaks through. 
He will put it away. I mean, yeah, when he I gets mean, those chances, he puts so it away in the way that me. he puts it away that in the way in the manner that we wish Bori was doing. But Bori does all sorts of other stuff that Kekwanda sure as shit does not do. Here's the thing, though. Bori gets a lot of chances, which we need. We were not getting those at the start of the Rukunda, you know. Uh, True. Even Bori wasn't getting the chances in front of Nets. So like, even though he's, you know, hitting the keeper right in the chest or, you know, kind of shanking the shot out wide, at least he's getting to those opportunities. Now we need to get him comfortable to be able to score in those situations. So, you know, I think I think Kamada's going to thrive again. I mean, I, I honestly see him scoring again. That'd be, what, his third goal in three games now, which would be unbelievable. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's definitely due to be on a streak. I mean, I definitely wish we could keep the winning streak. Kamada's you know, on you're fire. Right. I hope you're right. Exactly. <laughs> they, should, they should start chanting that in the section. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to agree with you, but I just, I just don't see it. I just... I just feel like Real Betis wants to kind of create more of that urgency because, like you said, it you know they have the final possibly at home if they get to that stage. I mean, they could also be possibly one of the few uh, Spanish teams remaining in the Europa League because God knows what's going to happen with Barcelona and this Galatasaray game because yikes on that on Barcelona's part. Um, shout out to my <laughs> friends, you know who you are. So um, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll I, I mean, like like you said, you think it's going to be two one. I think it's going to be two two. All right, well, so long as we pop in two goals, that would be great. If Kostic is able to do another goal like he did, whoo. I think he meant, I 100%, I 100% feel he meant it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I think the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly. All right, that's it for us here. We are going to, so we're going to wrap it up at that. Uh, Matt's thinking 2-2. I'm thinking 2-1. Let us know what your thoughts are. What do you think that the Eintracht is going to do against Real Betis? Remember, you can always get in touch with us. Here are the ways that you can do. Facebook via facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod at H-E-F-Pod on Twitter. Hey, EintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. You can get us in contact with us via Instagram. Matt, where can we get in contact with us on Instagram? Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt doesn't get simpler than that. Indeed. And speaking of Instagram, um, our guys from Detroit were actually down in the heart of Texas to watch the Eintracht. I was Eintracht. just going to say, I was just going to say, uh, Chris isn't on the show today. I'm sure he'll he'll uh, thank them on, on the next show. But, you know, Chris definitely wanted to thank both Richard and Angie over in uh, EFC Austin for their hospitality and just making him feel so comfortable during the game and everything like that. So, um, and thank you for, you know, hosting Chris for us because uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure he definitely had a great time there and um, he definitely yeah I don't I mean I don't want to put any more words in his mouth <laughs> just I know he wants to say thank you and he's very appreciative of it um, based on the conversation that we were having uh, privately he sounded abs- like they got him absolutely wasted down there well hey you know hospitality (laughs) that's hospitality baby and so yeah you can follow our friends down in Texas that is EFC Austin Adler A-D-L-E-R where they meet up at Mr. Tramps um the Thursday, I will not be watching uh, the Europa League from my usual bars uh, that I will watch the Eintracht on the weekend. Uh, someone's got to work. <laughs> uh, that being said, Matt, uh, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world as we say adieu? Uh, if 
you can find me on Twitter at wagm8 underscore. Boom. And you can find me at KCSGE. Share us with all your friends who are Eagles fans and other Bundesliga fans as well. Remember, it's the Eintracht uh, on Thursday against Real Betis. And before we will even probably be releasing a podcast, the Eintracht Frauen will be taking on Bayern on Friday. I'm thinking that the Eintracht Frauen uh, can get the win in that one 2 1. Just like the guys did at the weekend. Matt, what are you thinking? I mean, obviously a win, right? <laughs> and We're on fire. But we also have to remind people, Brian, that although the U.S. times uh, clocks have changed, European t- clocks have not changed mm. yet. So they are an extra hour ahead, people. So, you know, the Frankfurt game is at 3 p.m. It's going to be at 4 p.m. And then the Frauen aren't playing at 1 p.m. They're playing at 2 p.m. So just as a heads up. Yeah, and uh, in case anyone was wondering, it's like, well, that's not the same time for me. Uh, Matt is in the Eastern Time Zone. I am in the Central, and of course, you could be in any of the other time zones throughout the world. But that's all from us for uh, this episode of Hey, Andre Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Matt for joining me, and you, for listener, for listening to us talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, until next time, choose. I had both that day, and I can tell you that was better. Hey, I'm a fan, so 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 I'm a fan, so